Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions on the internet. My name is Steve Warner. I am your host today. We are going to be talking about the income specifically when it comes to business growth. I have a business growth coach with us. She specializes in executive coaching and helping businesses grow online. During the pandemic, she's helped more than 15 businesses grow their income but it wasn't always easy. Crystal actually started off the pandemic being unemployed. Crystal, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. So, I mean, it's awesome. You helped 15 businesses grow, not to mention you built your business during the pandemic. I think a lot of people kind of use the pandemic as a way to shift, to get something going for themselves, but you blew it out of the water. You went and you helped 15 different businesses, but take us back to where all of this started for you. Sure. It started one day in July, 2020, when I had a phone call that was a clarity moment from a careers advisor. And I had been on welfare after a really hard um, bit of time. And it was in the pandemic and I was looking at what options I needed to go forward with. And she suggested a program for executive coaching and mentoring at the local university. And she said, um, and her words really woke me up out of my complacency. The worst thing you could do is come back on welfare. And, you know, you hit rock bottom when that's the worst. So that's why I decided to go for it. Nice. So, I mean, that's, that's having somebody tell you that and realizing that I feel like, I don't know, I tell people that all the time, like, what's the worst that could happen here? Like you end up right where you started. Maybe you get a little egg on your face. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe things don't go perfectly, but at the end of the day, it's really rare that you end up worse than you are to start with. At least you learn something, right? Exactly. Exactly. And you have a lot of fun along the way and get to help lots of people. So it all worked out. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So you took college classes on executive Mm -hmm. coaching. I know right now there are definitely some people in the coaching environment that have no background whatsoever. So I am super happy to hear that you actually went and took classes before jumping in. Um, I feel like the pandemic has brought some people out of the woodwork. I've actually turned down shows from people that have said, you know, I'm an executive coach or I'm a marketing coach, or I work with Facebook ads. And I'm like, how did you learn? And their answer is pretty much that. So I had is off to you for going and getting getting the skills. So what happened first off when you started taking the classes? Because I think some people would be like, oh, this isn't fun or this isn't exciting. What was like some big, what were a few of the big ahas that you had when you were going through the class? Oh, that's a great question. I think the aha was that I could actually do it. Um, because previous to being unemployed, I'd worked um, as a teacher for a long time. And actually, there's a lot of skills in coaching that you use in teaching. But I was really shy to actually work with like adults and then executives. And I actually signed up for my course by accident. I thought I was just doing a coaching qualification. But um, the I showed up to the first class and the guy was like, well, actually, no, this is for executives. So you're going to have to find director level people to work with to do the coursework. And that for me threw me for a loop for the first couple months. But um, it actually really was cool and was neat to realize that people are the same no matter at what level they are in. I bet that, I mean, I can imagine, I can think of like two or three of my friends 
that would have been scared to death, like if they found that out. So, I mean, you had to go out and you had to find executive level people to work with for the class. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I did. And actually I've done most of my coaching hours, but I'm still working on the papers for the class um, because it was that in-depth for the qualification, but it's good. It was a good learning experience. And it really made me challenge myself to be more confident and to connect with people in different areas and different walks of life. And it was, and that in a way empowered me to start my business because I found one director actually on Facebook um, in January of 2021 that I started helping. And then that led to 15. And she, when we started working together, she was ready to close up her organization. And by the time um, we finished, she's grown, hired staff and um, has a growth plan for five years. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty huge turnaround. You got to be pretty proud of that, I would think. I am, but it's still kind of surprising to me because I feel like all I do is ask questions and I let them kind of have, um, find the space, create the space for them to find the answers for their organization. But yeah, it's been fun. Well, we'll come back to what some of those questions are, because I want to hear a little bit more of the story. So you started working with her, you helped Mm -hmm. her grow her business, but then you also found other companies to work with. So my first question is, you said you found her on Facebook. Where did you find the other companies? Because I know a lot of people would say like, I would love to do something like that. How do you even get in touch with these people? Just in Facebook groups and LinkedIn, really. Um, So I just connect with people in a couple different Facebook groups and areas there. And then on LinkedIn as well. Um, Although LinkedIn is more the long game in terms of building authentic relationships, because there's a lot of salesiness, I find with the pandemic that's going on on LinkedIn. Yeah, I would second that I've pretty much exited LinkedIn just because it's Mm -hmm. such a um, cesspool, I think might be the right word. (laughs) Like, I think there's, I mean, people's profiles are great, but then getting in touch with them is almost impossible. I will say this is going to turn a lot of people right away, but if they have a phone number, I found just picking up the phone and calling them. um, I had one guy, he was like, you actually called me? I said, well, your number was there. And I thought that would be the best way to get in contact with you because I'm sure you just like me, you probably get 150 messages a day. And he was like, you're hired. Like, I don't care what you do. You're hired. The fact that you picked up the phone and called me. Um, I don't know if you've ever called anyone off of Facebook, but. Um, I have actually. And that's, I guess the other secret sauce to my um, business is I just try to get people to connect and to talk, um, whether it's on the phone or on Messenger or on Zoom. Because I think um, really authentic human connection is where selling is at, but it's also where connecting and true business happens. So that's that is you are preaching to the choir. So okay, t- cool. take us through. First off, you reach out to somebody, you connect with mm-hmm. them. What do you say to somebody? Because I I would imagine one of the things that I hear a lot in my realm is I don't want to come across as salesy, and you've touched on that it's a connection like true business is connection. So what do you say to somebody to open up the conversation? Um, yeah, so I try to find some kind of connection with them in a personal way that it takes it outside of the business realm, I guess. But then also I just try to see if I can answer one of their problems or answer one of their questions that they have and then give them a small quick win. And that for me has been a better sales budget than Facebook ads or um lots of things like that. And then that way, um, if you help somebody else, then they feel like um, they want to help you out. And so then that's how I can network and grow. So. Nice. 
I like it. Um, I think that like so many people are like, I'm scared to be, I don't want to be salesy, mm -hmm. but I also don't want to give away all my time for free. And I, I always tell people, make sure they know what you do, but offer to help them a little bit. Say, you know, I don't, I don't do everything for free, but I'm happy to like have a conversation with you. I'm happy to talk about your goals. I'm happy to put you in touch with somebody. Yeah. Like it's just, it really is networking, like old school networking, which I feel like so is lost on so many people these days. It is a hundred percent. And I guess, um, yeah, I get the inspiration from my family that um, there's one side of my family that is still um, beef farmers, actually, and they've been farming and they have the farm called Good Beef in Ohio, and it's been going on for a very long time. And it's kind of that old fashioned family values and being of service. So. Nice. So you're actually in Wales. I hope it's OK that I give yep. that away. How did you get there? Did you get there during the pandemic? Um, no, I've been here for seven years, actually. Um, in the UK, and I have British family, so that's um, kind of how I came. Got it. Okay, that's an interesting. I travel. Uh huh. I travel all the time. Sorry, I don't know why my phone went that's off. Okay. Um, I travel all the time. Like I love, I love international travel. So I just wondered if that played into your business plan at all. Um, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I guess I've just kind of been. Um, focused on the next couple of years of stabilization and um, raising a young family and stuff like that. So um, seeing where that goes. Gotcha. So, okay, let's dive into the business coaching part because you said even it's still surprising to you that all you do is ask really, really good questions. So when you start working with a business, one of these 15 businesses that you've helped, what are some of the first like Call number one, what are a few of the first questions that you ask or some of the information that you start to get on them to move them forward towards their goals? Sure. So call number one is kind of the where we do what I call a deep dive company audit. And it's where we look really closely at five key areas of the business. We look at, I ask for their last couple of financial reports um, and income. And we focus there first because most of us um, who run a business, it's not a charity and we do need to have some kind of profit coming in um, because that's one big major mistake I see that lots of people make online is they want to help lots of people. And so they're not charging enough or they're charging too much. Um, and then we also go ahead and look at what products they're using or services and what assets they have um, in their business, looking at digital assets um, like their email list their marketing assets. And then we look at the people and the time. And then we look at where, so we kind of establish that baseline for those five areas. And then we look at the vision for those five areas and look at the gaps. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, -E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Okay, so you're looking at like what their vision is, mm -hmm. and then you're 
establishing the gaps and asking questions that get them to realize what they need to do to get there. Is that the, is that the methodology? Yep, that is. And I have um, lots of templates because I used to teach. I love to make a good PowerPoint and a good worksheet. So lots of templates that kind of help them take um, the gaps from the vision to where they are and to kind of bridge that gap with some strategic actions and planning. Um, because lots of people kind of feel overwhelmed, it seems like. Um, several of the business owners have come to me saying that they feel burnt out or they feel like they don't have enough time um, or that they're really bored with it because they've been doing it for a long time and they feel like it's just become a job to them, but their clients still expect a really good level of service and they need the income for their families and for themselves. And so we look kind of at um, a business 360, I would say. And then from there, we kind of break it down into um, some what key area to focus in on first and then next and implementation and some things like that. So you touched on a couple really big things there. Mm -hmm. I hear the same thing. Like overwhelm is one of the biggest things that I think you hear from entrepreneurs, whether they're solopreneurs or even I feel like sometimes as they get a larger team, they still feel more overwhelmed because they're trying to manage everybody mm -hmm. and they're, maybe their management skills aren't what they need to be. What would you see as across the businesses that you've worked with as being probably the first biggest thing that they need to, if somebody's listening to this and they're just like, I just need some help. I just need some clarity. I just need to get my business back on track. What would you say is one easy win that they could do right off the bat to like simplify their lives, bringing a little bit of income, something along those lines? I would say kind of three things. The first one would be to do what I call a time audit or a time diary. So to write down where the time goes, because that's one of the things that as business owners, especially if we have a team and we also have families and we have really busy lives. And um, when we sit down to work on the business or working in it to help our clients and our customers, oftentimes we can get up from our computer two or three hours later and not know where the time has gone, not know what activities that we've done. And a lot of the activities that we do, we don't actually have to do. They can be delegated or automated or eliminated. And so if you can get rid of some of those tasks, like about 30 to 40% of the stuff that you think you need to do in your business, that can then create the space for less overwhelm um, to get over out of that panic mode um, and into more productivity. So, and another thing would be to take a look at what services you have. And because the other big complaint I hear a lot is how to find repeat customers and how to get kind of really loyal buyers. And so um, we take a look at some of the services and how can we productize them and how can we kind of create um, different offerings on different levels. And I really am a huge fan of some kind of retainer or subscription model because that helps all kinds of businesses create stability of income. So that's a huge thing. Well, okay. So I, I agree with you. Um, mm -hmm. I think repeat business is when I go in and I, I work with a company, we work on the marketing side, usually on like storytelling, social media, on the sales side. But one of the things that we always, always look at is like, it's much cheaper to sell to a client that already knows, likes, and trusts you that has already bought from you once than to go get a new client. But they, I've seen so many companies just pour thousands and thousands of dollars, whether it's Facebook ads or PPC ads or any kind of marketing. When I'm like, if you put half that budget towards a repeat customer and just building something, but nobody wants to, like they say that, oh yeah, that'd be great, but I don't want to do that. They don't want to buy from me or 
there's a whole host of reasons, right? So I'd love to hear, do you have any tips or tricks, maybe a tactic that either you can go back to a repeat client with, like a client that you want to get more business from, or how do you move people onto the retainer model? Um, I know you said that you work with some accounting firms, some bookkeeping. Um, so that maybe that makes sense for a retainer, but how lay out how that would work, or how would you talk to a client about that? Sure. Um, we would make a list of um, their top 10 to 20 really raving fan customers that they've had. And we would um, then kind of create some sort of survey or some sort of way that the client could talk to those customers about what they loved about the service, what other problems that they might have. So it's kind of like market research, but in a very warm and friendly way. And then we would try to create some a couple beta programs or beta services that might work um, for these customers at a significantly lower cost um, and then go from there. And so then I've had a couple of clients who are coaches or consultants and they have a very big kind of signature program. And then at the end of that program, they've created like a group program or a almost like a retainer kind of retainer coaching service where they can um, have the clients check in over six months or over a year. And that's been really powerful. And it, it's kind of like a gym membership, but for coaching or for the consulting area where they kind of check in when they need to. And so some months they have lots of calls with them and other months they don't. And I guess the key is to set really clear boundaries on it and to be really just listening um, and relating to your customers so that you can think of other ways that you can help them. I think that's like... Finding new ways to help mm -hmm. your customers, especially the ones that know, like, and trust you is great. The, how would you balance that with people? Cause I've also seen people go the other way and they're just always creating something new and not even serving the people that they have. Have you seen very much of that? I have, and I don't like it. <laughs> and so that's the other thing um, that I really encourage um, the business owners to work that I work with is to stay in their own lane. And I worked, especially with, I think, three of them on that this year, because when they first came to me, they had a lot of different services and a lot of different offerings and their businesses were just scattered and they weren't powerful and they weren't focused um, with excellence on what they were doing. And so we really simplified and in that radical simplification down to one or two services, it was powerful, but it was also painful for them because they were felt attached to these other things um, and they were known for these other things. But once they simplified, then they were up the level of service that they provided. And then it was really powerful um, and they got better results. Well, that's, that is the key after all, it's all about results. Mm -hmm. um, so you've kind of taken us on a broad sweeping journey of the different things that you do. I love the time study. I think it is one of the hardest things to do, but it is one of the most powerful by far. If you can figure out what is, what you can get off your plate to put time back in your pocket, because it's the one thing that we don't have. Um, I also really like the idea of building lifetime client value, finding new ways to serve your best customers. What I'm going to ask, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see over and over and over again? Because I think that's something like in our own business. I mean, I, I'm a business coach. I still know in my own business, like there are days that I, you know, I'm pulling my hair out and I'm going crazy, like just trying to keep it in line and get things done we don't always see our blind spots. So what is either a mistake that you see over and over and over again, or a blind spot that a lot of people, a lot of business owners have? Hmm, that's a great question. 
I would say it's probably two things. It would be feeling like they have to serve people who are like them. Um, and this is oftentimes businesses that I'm working with that are in the growth phase beginning to scale and they haven't totally systematized what they're doing and they still feel like um, their audience has to be like them instead of the fact that um, business owners can serve really anyone and anyone with a problem. And the other big mistake that I see um, business owners making is scaling too fast um, and hiring loads of freelancers and a big team without actually thinking through the implications of that and how to do it with excellence, because that's one of the major areas I've worked with um, people on is kind of creating those SOPs and those standards um, of training and um, ways of doing business internally as well as externally so that you maintain kind of the same high level standard that you did when it was just yourself or just the business owner. So you said something kind of cryptic. I could see some of the listeners mm -hmm. being like, what does she mean by that? Is there such a thing as scaling too fast? Because I think most people would just say, just bring the income. But I know I, I want to hear your version of, of what, what this means. Well, in my view, multiple streams of income are good in a business or in a family or in whatever um, unit that you're looking at for um, finances. And I'm a firm believer in growing a business in a sustainable way and not in a way that is just to kind of jump ship from your day job too quickly. Um, I think a business kind of goes through three phases, um, the startup phase, the growth phase, and then the scaling phase. And I see a lot of businesses, it's kind of the myth of the online world that you can become an overnight millionaire um, <laughs> where you forget, well, millions, that is important and it's amazing to aim for high income and high impact, but you also have to do it in a way that is sustainable and realistic for um, the business, but also for the people that you serve, because otherwise you become a one hit wonder. And um, in six months, the business is gone and you've fizzled out or burnt out. So. That's I think the burnout there. There are a couple of things I've seen go wrong. The first one's the burnout. Like if you have something that is a great offering, but you scale too fast, you either you're going to have to bring a lot of people on, which then you got to train a bunch of people and like not all of them are going to do a great job. And you're burning the candle at both ends because you're working in the business and trying to work on the business and trying to train people like that's going to lead to a lot of stress if you do it too quickly. Um, the other thing is I've just seen like, like quality just go out the window, right? Like you do something really good with a few people or a few things, and then you just lose track of all of it. And you have a huge meltdown. Like I've seen that happen in the coaching space over and over and over again, over the last eight years, like somebody will do really great out the gate. Everybody will really like rush to them. And then they don't know what to do with themselves and it all falls apart. Um, yep. which is never, never fun to watch. So Crystal, if people wanted to find you, I know that you had a free call set up. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Yeah. So it's a free 15 or 20 minute um, strategic action call where people can book in and connect with me about one aspect in their business that they'd like to get some clarity around and we could move forward from there. Nice. So that call link is in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, you'd like to reach out to Crystal, please click on that link. Um, 
she definitely can help you. Like she's got the skills and they're not just some, you know, something she pulled out of the air or she read a book on. Um, she actually has helped businesses and she went to college for this. Um, so I would definitely recommend her. Crystal, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the chance. No problem to everybody else out there till next time, take action, change lives and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy cliff notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.